autumn has arrived and with it, welcome to October's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. I'm John Griff and ordinarily at this point you'd normally hear me opening up the podcast by talking about conversation with business people from the Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes region, but not this time. For this edition of All Things Business, the podcast, I have something very different for you. A new arrival. September heralded not only the arrival of autumn. Celebrating in the famed Langham Hotel just off Oxford Street, Ben Thomas explained to me what we were all doing there in a place bustling with corporate well-wishers. It's the launch of All Things Business London. You've, you've followed our journey, John. You know, Northamptonshire, then Milton Keynes, and last year Bedfordshire. And, um, you know, my, my dad taught me from a young age, you know, businesses sink, sink or swim, really. So you, you've got to strive to grow. London has always been on our roadmap, if you like. The pandemic put, put a pause on that. Um, but today's the launch. So we've got our first publication. We're here at the, the, the Langham. And um, really, it's a, it's a perfect setting with a group of wonderful people. Why London? It's known as being the centre of international trade. It's the centre of international finance. Canary Wharf turns over billions every day. We're talking about slightly smaller businesses. Do you feel they don't get a, a sufficient toehold and that's why All Things Business London is necessary? Actually, I, I, I surprised myself when I did the research, if you like, competitor analysis, if you like, because there isn't really a publication like All Things Business in London. There's lots of publications, lots of great publications, very historic, but in terms of what we do and what we offer, that's why we accelerated this to come to London as quickly as we have done, because growth will continue. You know, next year, We'll probably see either Oxfordshire or Cambridgeshire come on board um, and then the other one will follow suit because I, I want to have the Ark and London as our own and, and we'll, we'll, we'll achieve that over the next 18 months. You must be very confident about the economy. You wouldn't push the button on this unless you were. This is an investment. Yes, very much so. We've got some office, um, office space at Bedford Square um, in Fitzgrovia, which is brilliant. So I, I'm basically based down here two days a week to grow London, if you like. But I've got a wonderful team, you know, you know them all, John, they're fantastic. And, you know, the majority of the work gets, gets done, if you like, back at head office in Northamptonshire. If the noise in the room is any measure of anything, people are sounding positive. We can hear the entertainment going on in the background. There's a nice hubbub. It sounds as though people are being very positive about not only being together, and they haven't been able to do that for a while, but also the nature of business going forward. This is a positive time for them and therefore for your business. Very much so, I think. I don't know if officially we're in a recession or not. Personally, I think the pinch will come probably in Q1 of next year. But I think what Rishi Sunak has done over this the last 18 months has been fantastic. But there is definitely a lot of positivity out there. Um, and and we, we should take positivity from that. We're going to be talking to some of the featured businesses in the first edition of All Things Business London. What are your emotions right now? Um probably going to be a bit overwhelming it'll be one of those moments I think tomorrow when I'm on the train going home I'll probably just you know have a moment to myself and think yeah you know we, we did it but I couldn't have done this without the team like everybody in the company has played their part in making today happen so uh, yeah this is very much a, a collaborative effort. Congratulations on what is a milestone for all things management and the all things business productions who knows where we're going to be rocking up for the next launch party well done. Thank you John. That's Ben Thomas reflecting on a journey bringing all things business to London and about to address a very noisy room full of guests. Some of those guests took time from marking the arrival of the first issue of All Things Business London to talk to me about their own businesses. 
Amongst them was the man who features on the front cover and who unveiled it at the Langham, Julian Wheatland from Cornerstone FS. Yours has got to be a global business. How far are you seeing post-Brexit trade developing in non-Euro contracts? And how far are the SMEs that you work with driving that kind of trade for the wider British economy? I think we're seeing a lot of it and it's, and it's growing steadily. I mean, clearly the government's taken a lot of steps to put in trade agreements with non-EU countries and that's helping. To be honest, Brexit has created an obstacle for um, SMEs and um, uh, businesses in the UK to, uh, to trade with Europe. But outside of Europe, increasingly, we're seeing a, an openness to dealing with UK business, dealing on UK business lines. Um, and there's a lot of trade opportunities that UK companies are taking advantage of, our clients are taking advantage of. We're talking in the centre of London. The, the, the London trade name is, 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 is world class, but it's usually associated with the very largest of businesses. What sort of opportunities now exist for smaller ticket business, the smaller SME style business? Can it get a toehold post-Brexit in a global trade world? There is hardly a better brand in business than London. And for small businesses and medium-sized businesses to go out and be part of London, to be part of the London economy, to come from that centre of excellence in so many different industries, including financial services, yeah. and to be able to take that to the rest of the world and to have the confidence of London stamped on it is a true competitive advantage in international business. Pre-Brexit, there was a lot of talk about London losing its position, certainly within the financial trade markets, that that was all going to move to Brussels or Berlin or, or somewhere like that. Things seem to have settled down, and if nothing else, I suppose you could use the phrase, sense has prevailed. Do you see that continuing? I do see it continuing, but it's really important that we don't rest on our laurels. Europe, Frankfurt wants to steal our business. Paris wants to steal our business. Financial services is, is, is a globally strong sector within London. But we need to keep pushing, we need to keep innovating, we need to keep having light touch regulation, but strong rule of law in order to maintain our competitive advantage. You look after businesses when it comes to multi-currency deals, so deals outside of the pound, outside increasingly of the euro, I'm sure. Yes, a lot outside of the euro. We deal with international businesses. We deal with the 20 major global currencies. Euro is clearly part of it, but to be honest, probably dollar represents more of our business flow than, than does the euro. There's, there's a huge amount of opportunity and a huge amount of flow, both inbound and outbound, um, from, uh, from UK businesses. So where do you see the greater opportunities? Northern America, Pacific Rim, China, those areas? That's a really good question. I mean, definitely from the Pacific Rim. Asia is very active now. Asia is very interested in the UK and Europe. But also, we've got very strong cultural ties with the US. And those historic ties and that cultural way of doing business makes it very easy for us to, um, uh, to do business there in the sectors where we're strong. And we're very strong in the service sector. We're very strong in the high-value-add sectors. And machinery, there's a lot of machinery which is imported both from Asia, from the US and also from Europe. And that's a big, uh, for, for us from a foreign exchange point of view, that's, that sees significant flows of capital. 
We are seeing strong inward investment in the UK and that hasn't halted as a result of Brexit. And that's coming from Asia and it's coming from the US. You have IPO credibility as a business. How far does that help you when it comes to doing business with SMEs who want to trade up and want to do cross-border trading? Being listed on AIM gives us huge credibility because of the respect that the London Stock Market, London Stock Exchange has in international markets. When people deal with us, they know they're dealing with a company which has strong governance, has strong transparency, has sound balance sheet, and a strong set of um, standards by which we do do business and would be obliged to do business. We're regulated and authorized by the Financial Conduct Authority, and all of these institutions are respected globally. London is a center of business from that point of view. It's great to have you on the front cover of the first All Things Business London. Um, how do you feel about getting the cover? I'm a little bit embarrassed about being on the cover, if I'm entirely honest. But I really respect what All Things Business is doing. It's trying to look after the same sector that we're trying to look after, small and medium-sized enterprises in the UK that represents over half of the UK economy and needs good quality services, whether that be community, network, event services, or whether it means financial services of the sort that the major banks don't want to be bothered to deliver to the SME sector. Great to talk to you, Julian. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's the enthusiastic Julian Weekland from Cornerstone FS. After a career in the fleet air arm with Her Majesty's Forces, Alan Powell went into business in the financial sector. These days, he's the managing director of Elite Wealth Management. Alan, where does your clientele come from? Are you London City-based? Is it London itself or is it out into the provinces? Well, basically, our head office is based in Penzance in Cornwall. Uh, however, we have a couple of advisors in London, one in Exeter, one in Plymouth, two in Cornwall. So we, we spread ourselves from an office in London all the way down the southwest corridor. How important is it to have a London representation? To be honest with you, I didn't realise how important it was. We picked up a lot of business because we specialised with a lot of surgeons and doctors with the NHS and a lot of it was done by Teams and Zoom. So we had to adapt ourselves over COVID. And then I realised that a lot of them were up here based in London. So to support my advisors here in London as well, we decided to maybe start a presence here. So we've only really had the London office for a short period of time. How far have people been looking at their investments, bolstering their investments, maybe introducing new money in the last 12 months? How's, how's business been in that way? I think the important thing was that we never furloughed anyone or we never took time off during COVID because we took the view that during this time when the markets dropped, everyone needed advice straight away. So although the markets had dropped uh, in sort of like March, April last year, we were there to sort of like put our arms around them and just... Uh, you know, keep them happy that it will bounce back. Did you find people taking money out of investments? No, not at all. From, from nervousness? No, we had more people putting money in. If I'm totally honest with you, uh, the last 18 months has been our best 18 months to date. What do you put that down to? The fact that we were there, the fact we explained to them risk versus reward and that the markets would probably re recover. So they took the, the view that, you know, get the money in now while the units were low. And we've got clients now in the last... 14 months have averaged about 24 to 26% return. When coronavirus hit, I suppose everything fell off a cliff. It was a little bit like 2008 all over again. How do you read the market now, almost 18 months down the track from then? Has the investment market recovered? Is it going to climb? Is it going to grow in the near future? 
Well, we speak to a lot of discretionary fund managers and we listen to their opinions and I relay that to the clients. The view for the future in the next four to five years is very positive because don't forget we had the Brexit vote, which sort of like the markets reacted quite painfully. Then we had COVID, but by managing people's expectations and the way the markets go, people were very positive that it would bounce back. You said that people were positive. You said that people were bringing new money to their investments. What about their attitude towards risk? Has that changed? No, I mean, we, we do, every year we do a new risk, risk profile questionnaire so we can assess the type of portfolio to put together for the clients. And we, we were quite surprised because although their natural risk from the, from the way they answer the questionnaire was maybe balanced or moderately balanced, it was incredible that most of them actually wanted to have their agreed risk higher because they wanted more equity based in their investments because they saw the potential. And do you think that people are more bullish because they're better informed about what's going on in the world? Do you find people chasing you and saying, look, I want to be in North America or I want to be in Pacific Rim or I want to be in renewable energy and I don't want to be in fossil fuels? Are you finding that people are far more active in their involvement? Oh, definitely. People are far more informed and I think it's also up to the advisor to keep them informed. We've also got this, these ESG funds, you know, this environmental social government funds, which are, are really hitting the market big time. People are becoming more aware of their social responsibility. So you'll find a lot of these funds these companies are offering have had exceptional growth in the last 12, 18 months. So where do you see the best gains as being? The best gains? To be honest with you, uh, I think the UK market is starting to improve. Uh, smaller companies is, is getting better and also America and Asia has improved. So yeah, I think in general, it's very positive all over the place if I'm truthful. Final question, Alan. Should anyone give up entering the National Lottery? No, because I still do it <laughs> and uh, one day I might win it and then I'll invest my own money. Right, I'll see you in Monaco when the day comes. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. That's Alan Powell from Elite Wealth Management. Now, more than ever, companies need to make it clear that they are open for business. All Things Management is a team of creatives connecting their clients with their audiences. Connect now at allthingsmanagement.co.uk. All Things Management, connecting you to your audience. On this month's edition of All Things Business, the podcast, we're looking back at the recent launch party for the fourth in the All Things Business stable of magazine titles, All Things Business London. City-based Adua Inim works in what could be called something of a dark art. So I uh, work in intellectual property at a European IP specialist firm. And my specialism is that I'm a chartered trademark attorney and I help clients protect and exploit and ex enforce their brands against third parties. Now, that's a European company. Yes. Yes. So are you technically exporting your skills in that case by being a European company based here in London? Well, actually, we've got offices all over Europe. So we've got offices in the UK, Amsterdam, Germany, um, Switzerland, and the Republic of Ireland and France. So um, we are exporting it in a sense because we have different teams that cut across various countries. Um, my firm has uh, been around um, only for a few decades, but we have centuries of experience uh, <laughs> within the, uh, the talents within the firm. But um, the challenge is making sure that uh, 
because we're chartered and you know we're qualified via certain routes we provide as robust advice as possible there are some who haven't got the qualifications that we have that try to provide that advice and also uh, the registries provide advice to um, individuals who want to protect their rights but we provide a more robust and forward-thinking uh, uh, set of advice to clients. So that's what makes us attractive. We live in an increasingly technological age. Yeah. Are people reasonably switched on about knowing, number one, the need to protect their intellectual property, number two, the route to take to make sure that it is safe and continues to be safe? I think many do, but um, things change, you know. Um, even decades ago, the term computer software didn't even feature in lists of services or lists of goods. So um, to match the changing world, the lists that we look to protect, the goods and services that we look to protect change as well. So we need to make sure that we've got specific industry sectors that make sure that we keep up with changing trends and technologies so that we provide the best uh, service for our clients. But we also educate our clients as well. So do you see this as a growth market? Yes, it is. And, and it's a growth market and things change all the time and there are new challenges and we just need to be ready to meet them. And are those changes legislative or are, are they actually evolutions within intellectual property, intellectual rights that go with them? I think it's a mixture of both. And when business looks back on the last 18 months, yeah. when you consider the way in which we've been working, that too must have meant that people's intellectual property rights yeah. have been very much uppermost in people's minds yeah. because of hybrid working and because of cross-border trading in such restricted ways because of the pandemic. I think the pandemic has pushed us to do various things. Some businesses are tightening their belts. Uh, some businesses have had uh, new technologies, new products, new services, so they've had to expand their protection. And also adversity pushes um, innovation. So some people have come up, you know, some people have been made redundant, some people have come up with things that are completely new, so they've had to get protection there as well. And some people have come up with new ideas but can't afford protection, so we make sure, or haven't thought of it, so we need to make sure that we highlight that for them and explain how important and an asset it is to have your rights protected. And so I um, did a, a, a webinar through the London Chamber uh, two months ago to talk about the basics of intellectual property because sometimes it's not the first thing you have in mind when you're, you're starting out. Adjua, thank you. Thank you very much. That's Adjua Inim. Now in the last 18 months, lots of us have used the time to press on with home improvement and building projects. And for London dwellers, it's certainly been the case. As Tony Robson from Day True told me during the All Things Business London launch party. So Day True is a kitchen, bathroom and home business. Um, We've got three showrooms in London. We've got one in Maidervale, one in Chelsea, and one in Wimbledon Village. Um, and we sell individual kitchens and individual bathrooms, but we also, um, we also design and sell whole homes. So, you know, everything from flooring, lighting, switches, to the kitchens, bathrooms, and everything else in between. Are so, we talking high-end here? No, we're talking mid to high-end. What we try and do is, um, is make, de make good design accessible to as many people as we can. We're spatial planners. Spatial planning's our superpower, as we call it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's based around the client. How's business now and how was business 18 months ago? Um, I would say business now to 18 months ago is very similar. Um, 
we went through obviously the pandemic and it, you know like everyone we no one knew what was going to happen and then and then we've seen a massive boom where people were spending all the times in the houses seeing how dysfunctional they are and uh, wanted to make changes to them so so we you know we, we've been lucky enough over the last 12 months to be doing okay out of it london's a bit different so a lot of people left london you know it's patchy your business is one of the businesses that puts value into people's houses so you must be a fairly good barometer of investment and whilst the pandemic has been going on people have been if not moving house then they've certainly been investing in their homes perhaps with a view to hybrid working people putting uh, outdoor offices into gardens and so on but also sprucing up their houses rather than wholesale moves that's got to be good for you it is uh, you know but again it's london we're central london if you talk about the house boom the house booms the one place it's not happening is in central london um it, you know it's uh, you know a lot of people have moved out people that are spending money on the houses who are based in london are probably spending money on their second homes that are out of london i would imagine you know um kitchen sellers in the cotswolds are doing very well at the <laughs> so like i say it's a bit of a lumpy market at the minute because of that reason i think once people start going back into the offices they'll move back into their london pads and realize how dysfunctional they were but you have to understand as well that london uh, stock is the, the houses are small so it's not lavish 150 grand kitchens, it's doing something really cool with a 30 grand budget and doing something different there in a really tight space that's still functional. What has that meant for you as an operator in terms of bringing raw materials in? Do you do a lot of import, import yeah. business? Yeah, it's funny. Brexit was, has been, was and has been more of an issue to us than the pandemic. Um, leading up to Brexit, the, the, the nine months up to the vote, it was terrible for it. It was really hard because people, you know, all the investors in London, anyone that was going to do it, just stopped doing it because they didn't know what was going to happen. So that had a big effect on us. And then now, yes, getting we, we, we use um, Germany and Italy as, I would say, our two biggest countries that we uh, import from. And, and there's issues, you know, that it's... Um, having to get your whole red head around you know import charges and all that sort of stuff has been a challenge and now it's material although this is a worldwide thing we're now having a massive issue with materials and getting materials and and our suppliers getting materials there's a massive shortage of board you can't get a dishwasher for loving the money at the minute you know i'm just waiting for the martians to land i think that'll be the, the last thing they'll hit us so. so are you stockpiling are you starting to stockpile no, we don't stop because because kind of everything we do is bespoke because it's individual to the person's home that we're doing it to. We're just very challenged by promising things to clients that we can't necessarily deliver all the time. And so. finally, how confident are you for the next 12 to 18 months? I'm very confident in my own business because we're doing a lot of the right things, just starting an e-commerce business, getting more focus on the contract, the bigger developer type business. So I'm very confident in my own business model. I think London is going to come back stronger next year. You know, if you think about it, this time last year, there was hardly any COVID infections. This time this year, there's thousands and thousands, and I don't think we expected that. So I still think it's going to take nine months to get through that. I think we've got another winter to come through. And then I think as we start seeing spring next year, I, I really think you'll start seeing London bouncing back. And if Carrie Simmons and Boris Johnson want their interiors done, a new kitchen, new bathroom, you'll be happy to quote. I'm happy to help them out as long as they uh, understood where good design makes a difference. Nice to talk to you, Tony. Thank you. You too. Thank you.
That's Tony Robson from Daytree, providing spatial planning in the City of London. My final guest on this month's edition of All Things Business, the podcast, works in the corporate client department of the Langham Hotel itself. The turnover value to the capital from tourism is a considerable part of the local economy, and Jessica Lacuetra was keen to position the Langham's contribution to that when we talked. The Langham has been here for a very, very long time. It's right next door to Broadcasting House and the BBC. And yet, whilst you work in the corporate sector, this seems like a very homely place. It is. Um, the Langham London is, uh, is really amazing when it comes to customer service. Our staff are amazing. And uh, it has great history of servicing the guests since 1865 anyway. I mean, the Langham London is Europe's first grand hotel and we... We had several kind of clientele, uh, be it celebrities, entertainment, uh, writers, corporates, and different, and even le- uh, leisure guests. So um, yeah, we, we have different sorts of guests coming to the hotel anyway. So do you have to be very, very careful about who you say is staying at the Langham? Because I guess there must be some very famous people who've come across the road from the BBC to stay with you every once in a while. Yeah, of course, but um, yeah, we're not allowed to divulge any, but yeah, we, we take care of all our guests no matter what anyway. The hospitality industry had an absolutely terrible time through the course of the pandemic. What was it like when lockdown was announced? Oh, wow. Uh, We had a great 2019. So 2019 was the year I joined the hotel and we had amazing results, uh, be it uh, events, bedrooms, uh, restaurants. And 2020 happened. Uh, We started really strong for 2020. And it's not only hospitality, I guess. It's all the industries that they were expecting that 2020 is going to be great. March came and uh, we were sent on Forlo. But not really definite at that time so we were asked to work from home and we were so positive that after a few days we're going to go back to work but it didn't happen so i was on forlo for one year and two months it must be very difficult staying away from the hotel and yet retaining those corporate connections for the future of course i mean it's all about the relationship at the end of the day but uh, we are pretty good in terms of connecting with our clients even if i was on forlo for a year some of our colleagues in the sales team are still touching base with our clients. So we had a skeleton team during uh, during the, the, the COVID, like during the pandemic. If some people are working from home, some people are in Forlo, and then some people are in the office. So we made sure that we were taking care of everyone and even those inquiries that are still coming in and a lot of postponements and cancellations of uh, bookings that we had to deal with. Of course, it's, ple- it's a pleasure to deal with our guests and to assist them because it's not a very common situation. I mean, who would have thought that it would happen? Are you back to normal now? Yes. How important is the corporate sector to the business of the Langham Hotel here? Corporate business is very important for the Langham London. Uh, we have a lot of corporate clients who are locally based, meaning based in the UK, based in Europe and of course other diff- uh, other countries. So we are waiting for all our international um, clients to, to start traveling again to London. Um, the restrictions that are in place at the moment and then the list that the UK government has placed is kind of restricting some of our international clients to come over but it's positive that we are seeing some movements in terms of the bookings that we are getting from our international clients so it means that uh, people are eager to travel again and to come to London I mean at the end of the day London is a hub 
it's the destination for business and for for anything about uh, you know business leisure and everything about it well i've got a bag full of equipment with me today next time it'll be an overnight bag so i shall look forward in coming to stay at the uh, langham myself thank you for taking care of us this afternoon it's been really good thank, uh, thank you thank you thank you very much um, i hope you enjoy the event here and uh, hope to see more of all things business at the hotel they really did make us feel welcome so thanks to jessica and her colleagues at the langham hotel and Jessica is my last guest on this month's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. Thanks to all my guests who talked to me in London on what was a landmark day for the All Things Business family. Next month, we'll be back to a more familiar format for the podcast, when, amongst others, I'll be talking to a couple of the businesses supporting Northamptonshire Business Excellence with the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards. So do please join me for that. Until then, I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And don't forget that there are other editions of the podcast that you can listen to via the All Things Business website. For now and from everyone on All Things Business, the podcast, watch out for those autumnal falling leaves. And thanks for listening. <laughs>